You're listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad Uncut, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead, and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart, and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives, and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Hello and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast and welcome to my unfiltered guest, Rizwan Rashid. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure and honor to be on the other side of uh, this podcast and uh, being interviewed by my uh, leader and leader of the community and looking forward Wait, to who are you talking about? We're unfiltered talk. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's good to call this out because um, you are someone who is, was a great experience interviewing others. You've got your own show. And actually, I'm going to give a bit of background. It's the only thing that's scripted is my, my intro of, of my guests because normally the guests that I have on here have just so much to offer. I just have to always script it so that I, I, I don't do them any dis, uh, dishonor. So, Rizwan Rashid is an award-winning international speaker, the best-selling author and certified entrepreneur coach with over 22 years working in the financial industry. He's a seasoned coach. He's the founder of Gravitas Coaching International. And as we were hinting, he's also a TV host of The Outlier Show, where I appeared previously. And today, he's my unfiltered guest. So, Rizwan, welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. And thank you once again for being my guest. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am honored to be on the show and have this conversation. Well, let's start right there and talk about what you do, I'm going to get to your whole coaching, but I think it's really important to let people know, yes, you've got a show and your show is Outliers. And because I had the pleasure of appearing on your show, but this is about you today, not about me. Tell us about your show, and why it's important, what you do and the kind of people that you interview. As in an outlier, we are all looking for opportunities. And being an immigrant, that was the first thing that come to my mind when I immigrated too. Long behold, after so many years working with other business owners, entrepreneurs, I find opportunity is the word that I fall in love with. The more I work with it, the more I find that there are those opportunities, people capitalize on it and change their life trajectory. And most of us, just like me, we kind of got afraid of opportunities because it's going to uh, embrace us to changes and pivot and, and make the move. But we somehow stuck in that comfort zone. So I was looking for an idea to understand how people are making their opportunities. We, we can hear them in a book or, or show. Then I said, why not the people from within my own circles can share their opportunities, how they capitalize on it, how they change it and why they change it and what change has impacted their lives and lives of many. So I started with the quest to have 1000 
people on the show to come forward and share us different parts of their life and describe how they took one opportunity and moved beyond uh, their cycle. So the idea is from uh, the guest who's going to share their life story, because to me as an entrepreneur coach, I find the stories stand tall when you actually describe who you are. And from an audience point, they will see all different walks of life of people who capitalize on their opportunity. All different 1,000 people, different opportunities. Then they will figure out what they are missing and how they can act on it. And I love sharing those stories because I find we all here, we can't motivate each other, but we can inspire. And we inspire mm-hmm. mostly by the people who are wearing shoes just like me, not like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, because we feel that that's a far-fetched story. I may not be able to achieve that. But I know right down in that uh, community, right next door or next city, are people just like me who took this opportunity to make the changes. So can I. And you wonder why I refer to you as my unfiltered guest, because that's what unfiltered leaders do is they, they involve others, they use their influence and they inspire them, they help them rise. And you know, you're so right. We don't have to look far to see that the people who are around us, whether they're in our family, in our workplaces, in our communities, or the city next door, these people are here and around us and they're inspiring people every day. We don't have to look to the celebrities and the you know, these untouchables, really great stories are around us if we can just open our eyes and our hearts. And I thank you for having the platform to do that. You've done it on your entrepreneur show and you're doing it on your outlier show. And I'm going to ask you to do it here again on the Unfiltered podcast today. Ridwan, with your background in coaching and with your taking the lead on so many initiatives, like starting the, the, you know, at least two shows that I'm familiar with. Why do you consider yourself a leader and what does leadership mean to you? I am just a student in leadership vocabulary myself. Uh, what I find that what leaders are, leaders are the one who actually is all about giving, is a servant leadership. Leadership give opportunities to others while hold themselves accountable for getting things done. Leaders are the people who give other people dreams, hope, a platform to act on it, to have that amazing feeling of togetherness. Leaders are the one who I use that wolf pack example most of the time in Mm. my training seminar, who is actually always at the back, who gives that uh, battle, uh, who gives that ground in order to flourish their people. So leaders to me is a service leadership. And I always find the people who are at that level, I'm talking about the people who are the human maturity, the people who have that tendency to really lead, inspire, and, and make, the, make the things change. Just like John Maxwell said that the highest level of uh, leadership or, or management is when you start creating more leaders just like mm-hmm. you this is where that magic happened this is where that whole community country and togetherness happened so true you know that's inspiring just listening to you describe it that way because you know we we often think it's about us and what we have to do and you know i was reading a post today by a colleague of mine amy blashka who i'm going to have the honor to interview in, in a few weeks 
But Amy was saying, you know, we can get into these parts in our life where we are writing a new career, right? Or a new step in our career. And the way she wrote the post today was it was all about, um, you know, it's us who have to be the change catalyst. We have to be the movers and the drivers. But we can't forget that we are here to serve, that it's not about us. We are initiating the change. We are causing the, the, the momentum to pick up. But our goal is to, like you said, our goal is to be of service. Our goal is to do exactly what you described. It's to get people motivated, to help them find a way that they feel they are making a difference. Rarely is leadership about us. Like, the, you know, what you're saying, you're, you're, you're there, you have their back, like the wolf back. You see with clarity where they're going and you have, you know, you give them your full support. And, you know, I honor you for doing that. And I, I hear you speak about it. Tell me about how you do it on your coaching. Well, uh, I, I was going to share with you a little story of a girl. Please. Um, I was uh, in Pakistan and I was uh, doing a couple of uh, workshops for students and kids uh, in universities and colleges. And one uh, girl, it was the uh, title was Dream It and Believe It. Mm. And I asked a number of uh, kids and said, raise your hand if you have a dream, because I wanted to walk them through. Because the dream without the concrete uh, vision it's kind of a weak prayer to me. Uh, if you have to have that plan for it, if you kind of envision it, you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it. That's the dream you wanted to flourish. So the girl raised hand and she said, I want to be United Nations Secretary General. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. a great vision. Wow, that is amazing. Why though? Why, why you? And she said, why not me? I said, great. Mm. I said, okay, so, but why? And she thought of it because I wanted to get her through the process of really describing why they want to do it, what they do. She said, um, I wanted to raise awareness about education. I said, well, that's a lot of people say that, but why you? And she said, I wanted to raise awareness for women for education. I said, okay, that's making sense because I wanted to have a laser focus on it. And I said, great. Uh, how are you doing it now? And she said, I'm, I'm like an old level, like in high school. How can I do that now? I said, if you start doing it now, you will know the value of education. You will know how to deliver the education. You will know the value as a teacher, as a student, and how to conduct it. By the time you get to that level, to the age that you wanted to prosper yourself as a United Nations Secretary, you will become the leader that other people will say, we need her to be there. You don't need to say, raise my hand that I want to be United Nations. People will say that to you because success comes from people. Recognition comes from people. Money comes from people. So we got to do something for the people to give it mm -hmm. to me. And I said, what are you going to do now? And she said, what should I do? I said, do you have servants? You have, you know, in, in Pakistan, you have like, you know, drivers and, and cooks and all that uh, in, in, the, uh, in the little bit upper class. Yes, we do. Do they have kids? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Can you teach them? So what, what do I teach? I said, whatever you learn today, because mm. the best way to learn is actually teach others. She said, okay, I'll do that. I got 100 emails so far from her because wow. she started, she started teaching her, uh, her, um, the kids of the, the servants and she, whatever she said, ah, now I actually learn more, better math, better physics, better bio, because I'm going to teach them. And, and of course she understood the value of how to give treats, how to engage them. So she knew how starting to become a teacher. But what, here's what happened next, uh, Muhammad. That's the real deal breaker. She, start, she asked me, how do I do more? Because I don't have much time. I said, ask other, your friends, can they do that too? And she knew that she don't need to let other people kind of steal her show, but she did it begrudgingly. Now there's over 50 students who have over 300 wow. circles of the kids who are making the difference. Started from a conversation. Started from a conversation. Yeah. That's where I'm not a leader, but she is a leader because she is the one who started it, did it, and then be able to involve other people. So whenever, yeah. whenever that, that kid is going to raise out, I will be proud to say that this is the person who would be United Nations yeah. Secretary General for Education. This oh, I think you're leadership. being modest. I think you're being modest. You, you asked, you probed, you got her to reflect. And, you know, I mean, that's great coaching there. You got her to look deep. You kept asking her, why you? Because seldom do we know that we have the gift to give. And we, you know, we need people sometimes to help us uncover. We need to be mirrors to each other, right? And you got her to go deep and answer. And why me? You know, not just because I need to or I want to, and not just because. I'm a girl and I want to make the difference, but because I know that I can, that conviction I think is important. But also I think the beauty to that story is creating positivity. I mean, anything can be, uh, is like a boomerang, good and bad, you know, uh, positive and negative. I'd much rather be on the receiving end of positivity. If I'm going to do something good, the boomerang is going to come back to me. So that, you know, you started that story you got her inspired. She was learning through the process of, you know, she was teaching, but she was learning more and becoming better at math and better at what she was doing. She was benefiting from sharing the knowledge. Knowledge is nothing unless you share it. And then she inspired others to do that. Going back to what you said about John Maxwell, it's about creating other leaders. It's yeah. about the, the, the ripple effect that you inspired with her to dig deeper. And sometimes, you know, we don't think about the importance of the smaller conversations that we have. The, sometimes the two people having a very informal conversation on, on transit, right, or over yeah. a coffee or as they say hi to each other. And I know these days of COVID, it's a bit challenging. But mm -hmm. the impact that you can make on, on social media, go on and tell somebody that they're making a difference. You know, if somebody makes a post, try to engage and tell them they matter. And that interaction will have such a resounding rippling effect. And, you know, again, I honor the, how you were able to do that. I think you're being modest when you said you didn't do anything. Because I think, you know, that's I in your outlook. I, I am not. Because I, I think the, the all, of, you know, I say when, whenever people wanted to, 
talk about besides leadership, entrepreneurship, or uh, coaching in general, we have that uh, wide or kind of a vague uh, imagery what we wanted to achieve. But when we wanted to achieve, when it becomes clear, we go jumps in. And, mm. and as you mentioned, when we have this conversation, especially with the coach, especially with the, your mentor, I mean, coach is one, mentor is another one. Uh, then you will actually will find who you are and how are you going to achieve it? Because most often we just go back into our comfort zone and said, oh my God, what if I fail? What other people will say? What if I lose money? What if I lose time? What if I have no return out of that? So, so what? This is your life. This is what your idea is. Bounce your idea and act on it. Give a 100%. I, I always say give 100% because attitude is 100%. Give 100% except your blood because you don't want to give 100%. But otherwise give 100% and then you'll be able to see the return of it. Yeah. Wow. Tell, tell me, how do you personally feel about your own transformation? Was there, was it an ongoing process? Was it one day you woke up and you realized, you know what? This is my calling. How, you know, how did you know that your goal was to serve others? Ah, you know, that's a, that's a really, really in-depth question because uh, most often people, often I got this, uh, come, uh, have this question, even to myself. Uh, if you asked me about 12 years ago, my answer was different. But uh, about 10 years ago, my life changed. As, I, as you already mentioned in my intro, I've been working in the finance industry for over 20 plus years. I uh, have an MBA, I uh, have an MIS, and I can call myself an, an expert in portfolio management. I work in stock exchange as a, a broker, license, everything. About 10 years ago, um, a financial advisor at Edward Jones came along, a new guy, and my mentor, my coach asked me to mentor him. And I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time because I, I don't want it to take any further responsibilities. I wanted to do what I do best is to make money for my clients and myself. But he insisted. So I kind of begrudgingly took him under my wing and did uh, let him attend my meetings and seminars and workshops. In about six months, he was a very bright person from Iran, I still remember, and he still uh, works here. I don't want to name him, but when he got his uh, rookie award at the uh, annual convention of Edward Jones, he called me on the stage and he said, this is for you, the award. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, everything I learned and everything I did is because of you. You taught me everything. And that moment, Muhammad, it was like so thrilling. I'm still having goosebumps that can I change somebody's life? Can I impact somebody's thought process? Can I really make a difference? Because all I thought I knew who I was is a good mortgage broker, good financial advisor, great portfolio manager. I never knew I can impact people's life. That day, it was just started the quest and then a few weeks, few months after, when I stood in front of 112 financial advisor, Edward Jones, asking me to do a keynote speech about life trajectory. And I told them 
I don't know anything. I am learning just like you. And then further to my quest, I met Marcus Buckingham, who I fall in love because he was a strength movement guru. And he asked me this question in LA when I would ask him, what do, what do I do? I mean, why am I unsatisfied, unfulfilled? What, what is it that I'm missing? And he asked me, what are your strengths? And all I was getting into, again, portfolio management, financial management, and everything. And he said, no, these are learned skills. I'm talking about strength. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't answer. For the next three years, I couldn't answer. I hired coaches. I went through personality evaluation tests. I did a lot of things in order to understand who I am. And you asked me, how do I transform myself? So I actually transformed looking into inside of me and said who I am and what God has gifted me really, what Allah has really gifted me, true identity. And then I found that I was supposed, I was born to be a teacher. I, I, learned, I, I knew those, they were signals, but I never looked at them because my annual performance issue always used to have that, you know, I talk and I try to educate my clients more than sell. And those were signals, but I never look beyond those. I was, a, I was born to be a teacher. So how do I, uh, you know, transform? And I said, you know, I can't go back to do a kindergarten teaching. So I, I opted to go with the financial industry and entrepreneurial, sales, entrepreneurial world where I knew the most. And I started working on the coaching industry, worked through coaching. First of all, I actually went through Dale Carnegie uh, to actually communicate better. So I become a, a communication coach uh, and then uh, work through entrepreneurial and leadership. It took me a while. And, and my mantra, my mission is that I was living in the world of mediocrity. I never took mm. chances of my own because I, I wanted to live happy, uh, wealthy life and, and kind of keep the status quo and keep working on it. And about 10 years ago, I was able to break that. And I break that status quo with one vision that I'm going to escape mediocrity. And that's how I'm going to achieve excellence. And now my mission kind of turned from myself to others. I'm going to help others who wanted to escape mediocrity and to achieve excellence. Wow. So let me ask you this. How do we measure the space between mediocrity and excellence? Ah. The space is, is like, you know, within reach. You just step forward and it's there. It's not that hard. It's not that far. It's just of our mindset. We also get stuck into that mindset that, oh my God, what is this beside the line? I always, in my, uh, uh, you know, one of the coaching session I do is uh, about this game and geography. If you, if you bring in uh, any of the little insects, on, on a white piece of paper, you leave them, you draw a line. It, they won't cross that line. They really? know there is nothing in it. Yeah, you, you, you test it. You put an ant or anything on it and you draw a line. They won't cross it. Ant, an insect. And that's how we do it. We drew that line. I can't hmm. do that. I can't do that. Whatever is mindset, it just just over the line. 
So really adopt the growth mindset, you know, and I know one thing that I try to do myself is just use the word yet. You know, like I I don't know how to do this yet, right? I I can't do that yet. So I I try to, to just push myself and cross that line by adding the word yet. Um, but it, it's still tough. Can you give, you know, this is something that I call the unfiltered thought of the week. So I ask the guest to give a piece of advice or a personal reflection to help us do something better, become better, but it's become a better human being, a better version of ourselves each day. But I want to go back to your story of crossing that line, coming out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. On your personal experience or through that you've learned through your coaching, can you give us something to help us cross that line out of mediocrity, out of that comfort, so that it becomes more natural for us to, to learn something new? So, you know, most often, same question, Mohammed, everybody asks me, how do I do that? How do you do How What happened? What changes? To be honest, it's small changes, one thing at a time. And I mm. remember I've been asking, contemplating, how do I do this? How do I ch- leave a financial uh, market or my career and comes into coaching where I don't see much activity, financial responsibility, and all those were upon me? And how do I do that? And I couldn't, like, there is leap of faith. There is, I believe in God, and I know they're going to help me, support me and everything. But then there is something, okay, what do I do? So I, I give you one example. I remember uh, my daughter, Nishfa, who is 19 years old now. She was 11 years old. We were at uh, Canada's Wonderland. And she's the first time she just got in the height to get into the behemoth, that big ride. Yep. And I'm afraid of ride. And the my, green one? Is that the green one, I think? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> my wife is totally afraid. She don't even go into that gate. Now, an 11 years old kid, she, she's excited to be there. And as a dad, I need to support her, right? So I am dying inside of me. And that comes <laughs> to my head. I said, escape mediocrity. There's a lot of people doing it. Why not you? So I took my daughter's hand and walk in there. And I'm, trust me, my heart was like pumping. And it was like, boom, boom. But I did. As I sat on it, as it fell for the first time, I, I was like giving up. But in about 30, 35 seconds, I was on the ground again. And I, that day, I recall myself. I said, this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happens. And I give you one more example. And this is where it's like real came out to me that we were driving to Michigan. And as we drive into Michigan, I start seeing the sign of road construction, road construction. But I said, that's fine. It's far away. I'm going to keep driving until, until we get to that, that I'm going to turn, you know, change lanes, get to the left side. The right side was about to close. So I kept going, kept going all the way till end. And now there's so much traffic on the left-hand side, I couldn't merge. So all the way, I got to dead stop. It took me about five or seven minutes or so to get traffic cleared up. So I took that, uh, you know, change the lane and move forward. 
I calculated the time by the next time when I got back to into my speed and, and all that, I lost about 20 minutes or so in travel time. And if I reflect that, it almost take that time for us to make that change. Sometimes it's 20 days, sometimes 20 months, sometimes 20 years to make the change. Although we are seeing the signs of changes coming up, we know. But we get stuck into that zone that, no, not me. I ain't it. But at the time, we got really dead stop. So fortunately, I was, you know, young, healthy, and able to move that. But think of those people who have to move because they get stuck, stopped. Or they have to take the decision. So an active, proactive approach, take one thing. One thing in your life that you want to take that chance. I'm not saying that, you know, leave everything. Take one thing at a time and say you can it. You can make it. And then the other part is that, you know, that support system that's going to hold us back because there will be those five directors in your company. I'm not talking about the company who's going to have profit and loss statement, but your company, mm. the people who surround you, because those are the people who believe in you. Those are the people who never want you to You're fail. You're the average of the five people you hang out with, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in further, I mean, coaching in, in entrepreneurial world, even in, in the people who are developing their personal and professional careers, I call them you know, hire those directors and tell them is your friend or your cousins or your uncle or your aunt, tell them that you are my sales director. You are my training director. You are my HR. You are my communication director. That accountability, right? Yes. Yes. Because you're going to hold me. This is my mission. This is, I want to do. And you are my director. You Mm. keep me in check. Mm. And that's how we make change. This is how we're going to transform our lives. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody was doing it. If, uh, you know, eating junk food uh, would be the healthiest way, everybody would have done it. Eating healthier is hard. Right. It's it's long term. Exercising is hard, but it pays off. Right. And, you know, that one, I love what you were telling about that story about, you know, the change and, you, we leave it to the last minute, whether it's 20 minutes or 20 years. We know it's coming. We yeah. avoid it. You know, I, I call it sometimes resilient ignorance, right? Because <laughs> we talk about resilience being something really good. But now when you're being ignorant or refusing to change, right? So we get really good at not wanting to change. And so we ignore it. We see the signs coming, but we keep driving, thinking, nope, nope, nope. And then all of a sudden you're stuck and maybe the decision you're forced to make is not the best one because to your point, you weren't being proactive. So thank you for reminding us. Sometimes it's as easy or maybe not as easy, but easier when we can have the end in mind, have that vision as you, you know, you reminded us at the start of the show today was look and if you can see the vision before you, eventually you will get there, but it does come back to you being that main driver, right? No, no one's going to drive you there. You're, you don't want to be in somebody's passenger seat. You need to be in your own driver's seat. And I want to thank you today because, you know, you take a lot of people on a ride, but you allow them to become, you know, the drivers and you, you know, you show them whether you're doing it in your coaching or you're doing it on your show. So keep doing it. You're really a true unfaltered leader. And I want to thank you for being my guest today. 
Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's always, uh, I find uh, people have abilities, people have passion, people have all that, uh, you know, strength to, to move forward. It's just their, is there their thought process, either it's a social, cultural, whatever the thing is, they are holding them back. And as okay. soon as, as soon as they can, I mean, nobody can, I, I, I believe no one can. Uh, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, no one can take that filter out until they do it. You talk about right. unfilter, so the filter comes to my mind that no one can take that filter out unless right. they can. And once so they true. do, it just opens up my mind. And, you know, the um, a friend of mine just uh, shared a story just coming to me and uh, talking about the mindset and said, you know, the, the woman that was uh, sitting in a high-end restaurant and she said um, that um, while she was eating, she found a cockroach in her food. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, there's a cockroach in the f food. And everybody got alerted. You know, the, those you know, servers and manager came along and said, oh, cockroach. Okay. They took the cockroach out of food and threw it outside of this and took their plate and replaced it. Now. Now, every, there was a whole bunch of people were there. Mindset. So what triggered that girl, that mindset that she was screaming and hauling while there's other people who don't care? And there's other who took that out, that same cockroach and threw it out. Something in her mind is just triggered that cockroach in my food is like the worst thing ever happened in my life. While others thought, ah, I have seen it worse than that. So that is where we got stuck into this, that something happened in our lives that is holding us back. So powerful. Well, you know, so long as you didn't charge her extra for the cockroach in the meal, I think she was all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, bro, I really appreciate you being my guest today. It's going to be hopefully another time that we get you on here or that I cross and come over to your side, but uh, stay safe. Stay positive and thank you. Take care of yourself. Peace. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Having you, uh, having the other side of it. Love to have the conversation with you, Muhammad, as always. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All the best. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.